What's the hardest lesson you personally learned in doing all these shows? You're never going to be as good as you want to be. I love doing stand-up comedy, and I have a, a high degree of respect for myself in terms of what I can do. Sometimes it's just not your time. It's just not your room. It's just not your place. Dangerfield didn't break through till 55. Right. right. Yeah, I don't know. I keep telling myself yeah. that. <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't get know. no respect. <laughs> Dr. Vinny Boomba. <laughs> I, I, R.I.P. Zach Peterson, the great comedian and friend, you've earned that number one ranking so appreciate that and i've known you a long time and was when you guys were getting shows off the ground at a time when i don't recall anyone really doing that before and i know how hard you worked and what you had to do and was honored to participate in a little bit of it when i would come back home for christmas or summer or whatever so let's talk about the special number one across the country, nation, world, iTunes. How, what does that feel like when you woke up? Was that a surprise? Are you tipped off on that? Or how, what's that like when you saw that? That's incredible. Over Mulaney and, yeah. and other I well-known mean, comedian Zach's album, A List of Wet Celebrities, <laughs> was number one upon release. Incredible. Yeah. Congratulations. I, I, appreciate it. I don't know how competitive the comedy charts are, well, but I don't want to not accept. Yes, yes, take them. The way I found out was that I woke up and there's a bunch of stuff in my Instagram stories and one was by the record label that released it. It's, hey, Zach's at number four. I'm like, cool. Yeah, like, right. I'm uh, not going to complain about anything. Like, I'm, I don't know. I don't have, like, if I enter stand-up comedy, it's not with expectations of achieving anything huge just because I love doing it. And yeah. It keeps me, and it really it makes me very happy to do it. And then the production company that filmed and produced the special that comes out on Thursday they tweeted like they they put out in their Instagram story like he's number or he's number one coming out on Thursday and stuff, and yeah I was like oh <laughs> I wasn't expecting it I like I, I that it was great yeah. and I'm I'm really happy that it happened and now the special is coming out and my worst fear is that the view count. <laughs> is visible to everyone else yeah. because I, I don't know how well it's going to do. I've been promoting it and I yeah. have my own ways of promoting it and I'm going to work hard to make sure it gets as many views as possible. But, Broken magic, still magic. That's what I... <laughs> right, right, right. But it's daunting because yeah. I put a lot of work into it and a lot of people put a lot of work into it. 4 by 3 Productions and Burn These Records and Chasing Garrett and Brandy... Brandy Posey. Brandy Posey. Great yeah. person. I know Brandy's her a little great. bit. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, they put a lot of work into it and they believe in me and I would hate to deliver a dud. <laughs> Whereas well, like yeah. 300 views. Cool. All right. So yeah. And tell us where we can watch that on. It is out as an audio. That's what right. went to number one on your iTunes mm-hmm. and wherever you find your albums, check it out. And how can they watch this? Okay, the album's available on all streaming platforms, and I don't know, it'll be on XM. Uh, that's where the real money is. That's where the money is, yeah, baby. There we go. It's all about those monies. Zach's taking me out to dinner, he said, <laughs> for Omaha Prime or whatever, when that hits oh, XM, baby. It's yeah. on. What's the... Yeah, well, no, we'll be going to Abelardo's. <laughs> right, uh, even better. But the actual special, the video, which is phenomenal in terms of production, not something that I could have done myself, that's for sure. You are DIY, but even you admit I, that I, you have your limits. I and just, I, yeah, I just, I'm just so thankful that someone thought enough of me to 
put their time and effort into my stupid jokes. But <laughs> it, it's on YouTube, Alessa West Celebrities, 4 by 3 Productions channel. That's one way. Also, I have it embedded on my site, and that's ZachPetersonComedy.com. It's right when you get in there. It'll be on Tubi at some point. Hell I don't yeah. know when that is. but It's growing. That's one of, it's probably one of the most watched right. services I know. It's I just hope it's cool. Yeah, I just hope it grows enough to where I can put it on a poster and people will come see me. Yeah. You've learned from a lot, a ton of road shows. I've admired you're <laughs> notorious for just road gigging and right. like the hardcore. As I said, you earned it. Those long miles, I, I heard about your trip up in Mankato. And how did you persevere through the tougher times? Uh, my tough, my tough times. My tough times were spent in Los Angeles because yeah. I couldn't do comedy. Oh, right, right, right. That was removed from my life. The the pandemic, comedy was removed from my life. Yeah, I didn't I, even think about yeah, that. I mean, like, and even like the pandemic, there was a. I, I faced a lot of challenges and during that time, and the the comedy didn't even seem to register. Yeah, uh, like my partner, like got real sick, and we had to deal with that, and then just a lot of other and like deaths in the family, and just a lot of other things. And the comedy was was not the front of my mind sure and i don't think that stand-up comedy is something that i have to do but i know it's one of the only things that makes me feel good yeah which sounds sad but i'm a sad person so it makes <laughs> sense um in terms we're of both crying we right. just cried and held each other we're back but uh, 20 minutes but yeah, it's, we're good now we're yeah. better than we've ever been in terms of the in terms of the hard parts about doing stand-up comedy i don't know the only things that are hard about it is not getting what you want when you want it and that's not a huge thing to be real sad about how do you rate the response that you get in Omaha compared to some of the similar size cities that you do do you consider it is it just a home game for you and you've got an Omaha run and you or do you go my man the crowds in Indianapolis I know you do and wherever else well, how do you compare Omaha to like sized cities as right. far as the crowd if I'm being completely honest about Omaha and you won't find another a bigger Omaha apologist around the country. <laughs> uh, I think Omaha's a little uptight. Yeah, I, right. I, I don't think that, and I don't mean that from a, I just think that people hold back a little bit more. Right. And a lot of other places do, like when I... You rarely you know, see uproarious laughter sometimes, but yeah, that well, can take over a room like wildfire that you do in other places, I've always thought. It'll happen, but it happens less often like a Denver or a Chicago. I feel like those are the two places I go to the most. And they just feel like easier rooms and easier people to cross that bridge into having them trust you until you give them a reason not to. I feel like in Omaha that you have to give them a reason to trust you. In other places, they will trust you until you give them a reason not to. I think it's rooted in people always say nice. It's not nice. It's polite. Mm. And there's a difference. The politeness gives us time to know how fast we can get to our firearm if we need to. So right, we're right. actually not nice. We're just keeping you at bay right. and just getting a sense because there's a paranoia and a suspicion. Mm -hmm. And the, the permeates, I, I don't know, but it's right. something. It's out there. But it's also, I think it's helpful because I know that I can do well in most rooms here in Omaha. So when I go to a Portland or a place that's a little bit easier going, then I do really well 
Yeah, yeah. It's like the batting circle on deck at a baseball game where you bat with the weights and then you take the weights off and you can hit a home run. Yeah, no, it is good. I don't know. I, I, I think a lot about like the idea of making it and being in Omaha, it's a, it makes it a very difficult sell to quote unquote make it. And I'm not, it's not Omaha's fault. It's just how the industry is set up and that's fine. I, like I said, I love doing stand-up comedy. If I was doing stand-up comedy to be famous, I wouldn't be in Omaha. But I do stand-up comedy because I love doing stand-up comedy. I like Omaha. I like the opportunities we have here. I wish there were more, but I, the only person that can change that is me or people that decide that they want to change it. You control what you can control. Exactly. And, yeah, but I'm not too worried about where this is going. I want to focus on my material. I want to focus on what I can do. And I'm really proud of the work I've put out. Yeah, as you should be. When you, did you know, like, you were working towards this hour, or was it a strategic thought before, okay, here's what it is, and I've got this, or did it evolve as you've done all these shows? What's the development process on the newest hour like oh okay the second this is my second album my first album midwestern jokes of america's was everything i did up into that and when, right and when you start doing all those road gigs and you're consistently doing shows and longer sets then your jokes they're like magnetized to each other and they create these bits because it's like such an organic like segue from each to another and with this one, it's just the same thing. And like, I had 40 minutes that wasn't on the first record. And 4x3 called me and asked me if I'd do a record. And I'm like, yes, I do. This new one, I'm probably a 1520, I don't know, of stuff this past year. And it doesn't seem like a lot of time to have in a year. But considering that my first two records took six years each, having 15 in one year makes me I'm on par I'm on pace I'm pretty particular about the way things work they have to work all of the time they have to work in a way that I really like and I get rid of things pretty quickly if they're if I don't like them yeah and not just the touring but also I know you're always refreshing material and have high standards again I've always respected that about you as an artist and writer as well so before you go out and they're filming this was there heightened sense of nerves that was unexpected was it a comfortable feeling it was great like i deal with anxiety but that wasn't the the hard part it was i'm as excited i love performing at the funny bone yeah the crowds are good the crowds are fun and they're always packed and i have some of my best sets there and my friends are coming because they want to see me and they've seen me before they know this crap and i know beyond a shadow of a doubt and I don't know how this makes me sound, but I know I'm a good comedian. Yeah. Like, I'm a very good comedian. I can... And all these things make it easy for me. These are all positives that mean this is going to succeed. The only thing that can get in my way is myself. And the best part about stand-up comedy is that it's fun. And it's going to be better the more fun I have. So I have as much fun as possible on stage while telling my jokes. And that's it. I try not to take it too seriously. I try not to think about it as anything important. I just did it because it was going to be done. And it was going to be recorded. What's your plan for the rest of 24? Is it to leverage the special to book more gigs? Or is it push the special and write? Where are you at in your own process right now? In the terms of 24, I really want to get to larger markets. I did some larger festivals in terms of 
was I, I was trying to find the word without sounding too uh, full of myself. Okay, prestigious. Yes. I did some prestigious festivals. There you go. And met up with some people that are in the know in the industry. And I'm like, how can I improve my reach while remaining in Omaha? And they're like, get out of Omaha as much as possible. Go to yeah. L.A. and New they're York like, twice where a year. Are you? It's so funny handing the guy from the comedy store my card. And I'm like, hey, if there's anything ever happening in Omaha. And he's okay. Like the comedy yeah. store is not going to be in Omaha anytime soon. I'm going to poke around, do the old haunts and try to find some new ones. I got some just some interesting stuff. I really enjoy going to new places. I really enjoy getting into situations I could never try to get into. Like just getting into weird spots that that make life seem surreal and fun. And I and those are always fun. Like I'm doing a UFO museum in Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's yeah, I'm excited about that kind of stuff. Tell me about, you're the expert on this, what's the perspective of other scenes and other places when you say you're from Omaha? What do they say? What's their takeaway? Well, people don't know a lot. Yeah. People don't know a lot about Omaha. And if they know about Omaha, and people have told me this, they know me. <laughs> right. We've talked about that on the podcast here. And I said, yeah, that's what I would say to people. Yeah. For sure. And I, and when people ask me, and like I go back, I was in Chicago for eight years. When I go back, people are like, how are you? I'm like, it's great. How's Omaha? I'm like, I love doing it. And yeah. there's, there's definitely less opportunities here because there's not a lot of show business here. But why would would there be yeah but in terms of the quality of comedians and the quality of stage time and our ability to get stage time it's light years above where it was when i started and then you go to other cities i would put us on par with cities much larger than us sometimes right but also there's smaller cities than us that i think that have a sort of a healthier scene and i don't know if i'd measure that with the amount of open mics Right, that, yeah, that are yeah. available, but rather like the culture that creates good comics. Omaha hasn't had that culture of jokes. Oh, no, I just, when I came up, I didn't have the opportunity to learn about jokes, construction, and writing in the past, and we had to feel our way out in the wilderness. You started in music, so you had innate rhythm, which is necessary sure. for cuts. Part of it, yeah, possibly. I, no one would really possibly. Uh, oh, no one accuse me of being musically inclined <laughs> in any way. But I think that there are a real good crop of younger comics. Yeah, and I, I think that they work hard at it. Something that I, I sort of bristle at is the comic partying which we've all that was always a part of it at some point at least it was in Chicago a great deal it was in Nebraska when I first started when I was in my 20s but for a lot of people comedy was just a place to drink and mess around with their friends yeah and it could I think that's how it started for me but it definitely didn't stay that way and also I'm in my 40s if that's the culture here I'm not involved and thank God but it seems like a really seriously driven group of comedians yeah no i'm like hey let's get a beer and everyone's looking at me like i'm insane none of us drink i'm like yeah i mean comedians either have extreme substance abuse issues or don't drink in my experience but for another podcast i have a podcast had also because i'm not in production right now called no coast comedy club which is essentially an exploration of this idea of the differences between stand-up comedy scenes throughout the country how they differ what the opportunities are how does like 
you know, how does one get good? How does one get stage time? What are the important parts of this, like this microculture that could only be 30 to 40 people or maybe more? And what are like, what defines it and those sort of things? Yeah. And I've talked about no coast too. What's your favorite question that you've ever asked a guest? Oh, my, where to eat? What am I gonna tell <laughs> That's the most important part for me because I was going to a food court in a mall if I don't know. Uh, What's your answer for here? Oh, uh, it depends on what they're looking for. But I think sawween Thai is some of the best Thai food I've ever had which I, I love Abelardo's. I'm a big fan of that. When I moved back to Chicago, I'm like, no more 24-hour good Mexican food, and I was wrong. And that's the funny part, is that there'll be comics that come here from around the country, and we'll go out to eat places that I think are good, and they're like, eh, it's fine. And then we'll go to Abelardo's, and they'll lose their mind <laughs> yeah. like at 3 o'clock in the morning. Have- but my, my favorite question that I ask people is, how do you deal with like the plateauing of your comedy in, in a place without more, let me make this more succinct. Now you're teaching and the, you're yeah. the teacher and the student and <laughs> how, one answer. How, how do you <clears throat> keep challenges in front of you when there aren't a lot of hills to climb where you're at? Because I think that that's the biggest challenge that I face. And I think a lot of comedians face that don't move or I did move that are at home and they, they want to stay where they're at is like, how do you still make it interesting? How do you still work for things? Where are you like, how do you still have goals that are obtainable? Because I'm not going to get on any television show. I'm not going to get past the comedy seller. I'm not going to get up at comedy works in Denver because I'm in Omaha. Yeah. And that's just simply how it goes. What's the most inappropriate show you've ever done? Inappropriate show. I don't know. I did a, once I did a show at a loading dock well, Sam Talent was being tattooed on stage <laughs> in Pittsburgh. I'll take that. That was a weird one. Weird, like what's a good weird show? Beckley, West Virginia is always one I talk about because it was one of those things where it's a reggae bar in a small coal mining town and everyone's so damn friendly and they didn't have stage lights so the lights were just off. And it was fun and nice and just weird. So interesting to go to these places that you never think about existing. And then there's just people and there's <laughs> nice people. And it, this is great. Uh, follow me on TikTok and Instagram at King of the River Peterson, Museum of Ugly Fathers to see all my tour dates. I'm all over the damn place. I run shows at the Tiny House Bar. I run shows at Bull Moose. I run shows at Backline Comedy Theater. And I got some more shows that are coming up. Just BrokenMagic.com. Follow Broken Magic Comedy on all the stuff. Zach Peterson debuted at number one. New album special on YouTube and everywhere you stream audio. A list of wet celebrities honored to have him. 